Hi, welcome to Dermcast. My name is Amber Blair, and I'm here today with Dr. Joseph English, Professor of Dermatology at the University of Pittsburgh and current Medical Director for the STPA Fall Conference. Thank you for coming here today. Oh, my pleasure. So now we're going to talk a little bit about oral pathology and your approach to the exam of the mouth. Can we kind of just begin by talking about the exam itself? Sure. One thing that I stressed at the lectures this year on our oral disease was that we're experts of skin, hair, nails, and mucous membranes. So you really got part of that includes your mouth. So obviously lips, your tongue, your upper hard palate, your soft palate, and the floor of the mouth and the buccomycosis, so that general area. And everyone gets concerned about it. I had one, pay, uh, one uh, attendee ask me, how am I going to do that with my full skin exam? It doesn't take that long part. It shouldn't take 10 minutes to do a mouth exam. So important things for that I do is make sure you have a pen light. You can have a tongue depressor if you want. Um, you can also uh, get a gauze to when you want to look at the mouth, um, obviously have them open it wide, say ah, and then they stick their tongue out, either you can say point to one side of the room or the other so you can see the lateral aspects of the tongue, or you can take a, um, a cotton gauze, grab the tongue and move it around yourself. Um, also, I usually just tell them to point one way or the other and then um, I'll always say like, put the touch the top of your mouth with your tongue. Usually they're sticking it out somewhere else, you know, it's kind of funny when they, because it's hard for them to grasp that concept sometimes when you ask them to do it. But that way you get an overall good view of what's going on. And so I think that's an important part of this routine skin exam as well as if they come in with a complaint. It's a great reminder, I think, that probably some of us are not doing that on a yearly basis and it's important in which to do so. How do you determine at what point in time you refer something over to the oral surgeon or dentist versus what you keep in your clinic? That's usually biopsies. Um, I'm a medical dermatologist and uh, we were joking around doing anything. I don't want to biopsy anything that's you know going to bleed a lot. So that would, I usually always get my, I have an oral surgeon or usually oral surgery is the one I go to. Now if you're at a university, you can go to the dental school. Sometimes they can do it for you. Or you just go to one of the doctors that do the wisdom teeth removal, which are oral surgeons. And uh, they are usually really um, good at getting the patient in and getting the results back to us. As we're building our differential diagnosis for oral pathology, what are the top diagnoses that you tend to see and how do you address them? Well, the biggest one is aphthous stomatitis. So everyone can get the standard canker sore that's a small, uh, what you're supposed to refer to as not canker sore, but it's a um, uh, recurrent minor aphthous stomatitis. Uh, they come and go, last for about a week. But there are other variants where it can get more difficult and has a bigger differential diagnosis. So when they get larger lesions that are like about two, one to two centimeters in size, they're more persistent, last longer. We call it recurrent major aphthostomatitis. Um, and then um, you have to worry about when you see anyone with an aphthostomatitis, do you have it anywhere else, right? You always want to say, do you have any antigenital ulcerations? Because then it becomes complex aphthosis. And then if they get the eye involvement or they have eye problems or visual changes, then it becomes, you know, bichette. So you have that, you know, the aphthostomatitis, the complex aphthosis, and then you have the uh, bichettes. Although bichettes is rare, you will, you know, that's the spectrum you can see when you get these aphthous ulcers in the mouth. What additional pathologies do you tend to find? Lots of times you'll see uh, lichen planus. Uh, lichen planus uh, can have the classic Wickhamstria. It can be on the lips itself. It can be in the buccal mucosa. And sometimes it's very difficult to differentiate from aphthous ulcers or stomatitis because it, it looks like an aphthous stomatitis, right? So you can get ulcerations. The ulcerative disease um, is one you have to distinguish. And that's where, once again, your biopsy comes important uh, to do that. And if you are going to biopsy, depending on the age of the patient, if they're, even if they're younger or they're older, 
um, is the autoimmune bol bolus diseases. So uh, pemphigus vulgaris can affect the mouth as well as the mucous membrane pemphigoid can affect the mouth. So when you do go to your oral surgeon and you say, I'd like a biopsy, always say, well, throw in direct immunofluorescence for us because that way we can rule out the immunobolus. And um, you know, pemphigus can happen to younger people and in their uh, 30s and 40s where uh, the mucous membrane pemphigoid is usually an older population, but I've, I've seen it where it can happen anywhere along the line. Do you find that patients are actually coming into you with complaints of, of sores and pathology in the mouth, or are you eliciting this from No, them? They, they come to me with those complaints, you know, that they'll say they have a, uh, a sore tongue. That's like the burning mouth syndrome. We get a lot of uh, people coming in with that dysesthesia uh, and these changes. And, you know, sometimes I get referrals from dentists to do it. Um, it just depends on in your practice. If you're one that will, you know, re review stuff, the patients will eventually end up with you because they'll get referrals from the community when they know you take care of mucous membranes. Excellent. Any other pearls that you'd like to pass on to our viewers? Well, I would say is don't be afraid to do the exam, you know, and then once you get into the exam, if you see something, don't feel like you're obligated to biopsy it. Um, there are a lot of inflammatory conditions, but the big thing also too is don't forget about skin cancers. Looking under the bottom of the mouth or the tongue can also pick up squamous cells that are early if they chew tobacco, uh, cigarette smoking, pipe smoking. Um, you know, you want to kind of educate them about that. Um, and if you have a good dent, hopefully your dentist does that for you too when you're there. If you don't have a, you know, that's always say what in your own personal self. If you don't have, you know, don't, it's hard to do it yourself. But when you go to the dentist, ask them to take a good look part of their exam besides just looking at the gingiva. So you can basically approach this from a differential diagnosis building standpoint, infectious, inflammatory, neoplastic, and kind of both from that direction. Yeah, I always like to, all my talks are encyclopedic. I hate to talk about one subject. It's like, what's that, you know, uh, not a master of one, jack of all trades and a master of none. But uh, I like to, you know, because when you see something, there's, you always got to think outside the box on any d diagnosis you have. And so it may look like one thing and you think of that, but you always got to say, what else could it be to make sure that I'm not missing it and get to the right diagnosis? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to impart these pearls and this wisdom. I learned a lot and I'm sure everyone else did too. Well, it's a pleasure being here and um, I look forward to future SDPA con conferences. We look forward to having you. With Dermcast TV, I'm Amber. Thanks for watching.